Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired with actress Olivia <laughs> Nikonen to chat about her career and her time playing young Alex Danvers on Supergirl. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, Olivia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Well, we are so excited to talk to you. We love a young Alex, and young Alex has been in uh, quite a, a number of episodes on Supergirl, so we have lots yeah. to talk about. <laughs> yes, we do. Well, um, uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, if anybody has any questions for Olivia in the chat, feel free to drop them in there. We'll try to get to any of those questions if you have them. And uh, I guess to get us started, Olivia, can uh, you tell us a little bit about uh, your origin story? On Supergirl Radio, we talk about comic book characters and origin stories. Uh, so what is your origin <laughs> story? Where are you from, and how did you get into acting? Well, my origin story, uh, I was born and raised in New York. Um, the living room that I am speaking from is actually the living room that I was born and raised in. Um, my mom grew up in this building. The three generations of my family have lived here. Um, and I came to acting kind of by chance, really. Um, someone saw a photo of me when I was little on my mom's desk and thought that I was cute enough to, to model. So I started modeling as a child from like five to 10. And then it just kind of seamlessly transitioned into acting and and once I started taking acting classes and um really getting a lay of the land with that I was like oh this is fun this is way better than what I thought it would be so I I've been wanting to do it ever since so when you uh go into acting and, and auditions is, is what what do you look for when you when you want to get a, an audition or a role what, what what do you look for in a script or a character I mean, usually um, when I'm auditioning for something and I, I get the email with the breakdown of the character or the script, um, I want to first make sure that the character is a dimensional human being, um, that she is represented in a way that I, I can find something, like find a, a way into the character. Empathy is a huge part of, of me as an actor, and so I, I want to be able to just understand where the character is coming from. Um, and and where the character is going in the story. Um, and I want to make sure that I can, I can tell it truthfully. And that was a huge thing with Alex too when I, when I got that part. I was like, oh, I can find a, a direct way into her, which is really something wonderful. So uh, I guess that leads into uh, Alex Danvers. So how did you yeah. come into that, that role? Did you, uh, did you, you know, did someone pass you a script? How did you find out that there was an audition for a young Alex? Or did you even know that? Did you know going in that there, this was young Alex? Or was it just 
an unnamed character and you're just reading a, right. a scene. Well, it was funny because when I was watching your interview with um, with Bella, she kind of explained a, a huge part of it, which is it all happened very quickly. Um, so I think when when I first auditioned for Supergirl, I was auditioning for young Kara and I did not think that I was right for it because um, I was like, I'm too old. I had just chopped my hair off. I remember I went into the audition room and I saw the casting directors and I was like, just so you know, like I can get extensions or I can dye my hair. Like I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> promise. Um, I, I was just so nervous that I, I wasn't right for it. Um, and we did one run through of the scenes. And um, I think after the first run through, they were like, hey, could you actually could you take a look at this? This is for young Alex. Would you mind just going into the other room for like 20 minutes, reading it and whenever you're ready, coming back in and, and auditioning for young Alex? And I was like, yeah. Sure. Okay. And so I read it and um, immediately I was like, oh, I understand this character. Um, I understand this girl and came back in, um, did the tape. The casting director seemed to like it. And uh, the next day they told me they were flying me out to Canada the day after. Wow. It was all very quick. Yeah. And, and I met Bella the morning after that. So it was all in, in the time span of like four days that I found out about it. That re- that really is wild that it's so quick, and I, I'm surprised. Perfect. I'm surprised nobody uh, pegged you for for Alex right at the get. I know. <laughs> I don't know if it was because my headshot. I had longer hair with lighter hair, and they were like, "Yeah, Kara." But the minute I walked in, I think they knew pretty pretty quickly that that was not going to be the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and you mentioned Isabella. So, what was it that that you think uh, made that work with the two of you on screen? Because I mean. I'm, just from a viewer perspective, uh, you all totally nailed uh, Car and Alex. So, what what was it? Do you think that that made that uh, gel and, and work on screen? I mean, I think pretty pretty quickly from from our first interaction, um, we understood that we trusted each other, and I think that's the most important part of their relationship is their trust um, and their respect. And so, I think once we we laid that foundation. Um, you know, we went out to dinner later, later that night, my mom was there, her mom was there. So like the four of us all got dinner and got to know each other. And, um, we just started to have fun. And, and I think a lot of our relationship is, is in the filming of it too. Like all of the way that we're goofy with each other, like, especially this past time when we went to Canada, it was just the two of us there for two months and we were just running around having a ball and then we would get to go to work. she's one of my closest friends so I just I I think you're just seeing our our friendship on screen and I think that's what why it works so well that's great that's so cool yeah well and um and speaking of how you know quick it was and and recognizing that you you could maybe fit for young Alex did you before you were going into that had you watched Supergirl before the tv series I mean, I hadn't seen, um, I hadn't watched it religiously, but I'd seen a few episodes. And I think when I got the audition, um, I went home that night and I just watched it uh, for as long as I could and then just kind of let it go and trusted that whatever was going to come out of me would either work or it wouldn't. And I guess it worked. So you knew who Alex Danvers was going into it? Yeah, I think I I I knew, but I wasn't paying attention to her necessarily. I was like, (laughs) "Oh, I'm going in for Kara." I wasn't paying attention to Melissa Benoist. 
and see what she does. I could do that. That's fine. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, I, I'm very curious about the audition process. Is it, is it like yeah. I see in, in the movies, do you have to wait in long lines and go in one by one? What, what is that process like when you go into audition for a role for a TV series? I mean, it's, it's mainly you, you walk into a big waiting room. It's like you're waiting to go see a doctor or something. Um, <laughs> you sit silently amongst other people who somewhat look like you or, or don't at all. And then you freak out. Um, you look at your sides, which are the, the scenes that you get for, for that specific audition. You say them aloud to yourself. You try to figure out different ways. Mainly for me, I just try to calm myself down. I'm a person with a lot of anxiety. So when I'm in the audition room, my main focus is just to like calm myself down and let it go and see what happens. Um, but then they bring you in one by one, you work on it with the casting director and they say, okay, thank you. Have a great day. And then you have to somehow forget about it. And, and <laughs> even if you love the character so much, you just have to say, okay, that's all I could do. And then you leave. Yeah. I can imagine that being uh, pretty intimidating and, and stressful, uh, but, yeah. it, but it sounds like it, it worked out for you with young Alex. So uh, yeah. we're, we're very, we're very glad about that. Um, does it usually, does it usually go as fast as that, um, that process for young Cor oh, and young yeah. Alex went? Cause, cause uh, no. when we were talking about to Isabella earlier, it was like, and then uh, the day later <laughs> we were yeah. shooting. I, was like, I think that was one of the first things that we bonded over was, was when we both got there, we were like, when did you, when did you found out like last week? Yeah. Okay. I found out yesterday. I have no idea what's happening, but I guess we're going to be on this journey together. Um, normally it, it takes like weeks to find out whether you get something or not. Um, so that was a true gift that, that it was painless enough to just get there and start the job. And, uh, when you go into a role like this, where you're having to play a young version of an established character, a main character, probably I would, I would say that the second lead on the show, how do you, how do you prepare for that? Do you just watch a lot of Kyler Lee? How how do you, how do you manage to go in there to try to see if you can, uh, adapt to what, what the, the, the adult, the grown Alex is doing to, to adapt it for the young Alex? Yeah, I mean, I, first of all, was already a huge fan of Kyler before I even found out that I got this job. When I was in high school, I binge watched Grey's Anatomy. Um, and so I I knew of her, but I, I've, I'd never studied her before. Um, and so I think the, the main responsibility that I felt was honoring her portrayal of Alex. Uh, and what was really helpful is when we got to Canada, um, one of the producers called both Bella and myself and said, so here are the most important episodes for your character that you need to watch so that you can understand where you eventually end up. And also so that you can just study the person that you're trying to play. Um, So a huge episode for me that I pulled a lot from was um, the episode that uh, Alex comes out and, and realizes that she's gay. And um, I studied a lot of her mannerisms in that episode and studied the the cadence of her speaking, and I studied the cadence of uh, the 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 way that she walked and and the way that she yelled at Kara. Like that was a very specific <laughs> thing to get down. I did a lot of yelling at Bella, uh, <laughs> so, so that was mainly what I focused on. That's awesome. Uh, I hope I hope you watched uh, season two's Alex episode where she uh, saves herself from drowning by using her pants. Yes. That's 
yes, a classic. That was the other episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was a huge classic. I said, well, I hope I get to do that in this episode. <laughs> One of the best Alex Danvers moments of the series, uh, in yeah. our opinion. Um, so, so you talked a little bit about um, uh, studying Kyler's mannerisms and her uh, movements and her the, her uh, cadence and the way she spoke. But what did you personally want to bring to the character of Alex? Did, was there anything that you kind of wanted to put your own spin on? Yeah, I mean, um, I think like what I spoke about before when when I'm trying to find my way into a character, um, I I really want to make the character empathetic. Uh, if they're not a villain, even if they are a villain, it would be fun to, to make people care for them. But I think Alex had a lot of um, hard things to deal with when, when she was growing up. And I, I wanted to highlight the fact that she was just trying her best and that she, even though she couldn't communicate things in the way that may have been the healthiest, she was still um, a young girl trying to find her footing in the world. And so I think I really wanted to bring my own experience as a young woman in the world to that character and, and show that there was vulnerability in, um, in her strength. And sorry, Morgan, do you have a question? I was going to say, how, how did you, um, how did you think that she progressed? Because you were in a couple of different episodes. You were in yeah. season three and season five, and now again in, in season six. And, and did you see a progression in Alex's character, young Alex's character, as you uh, got to sort of dip in and out of the show? Yeah, I mean, that that's what was so cool about con continuously coming back is seeing where they placed her every time. Um, and I think what was so beautiful coming back for these two episodes is, is seeing like, seeing how much more she trusted herself um, and how much more she had come into her own. And I know her journey is never ending and, and the journey that she takes between young Alex and adult Alex is huge. But um, I think she really she became a lot more grounded in, in her beliefs and in the way that she wanted to carry herself. And I thought that was really beautiful. And uh, since uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to some specific uh, uh, episodes here, uh, but I, I, I'm curious about um, uh, since Alex is an original character, she uh, didn't appear until the TV series. She's now right. sort of uh, through a tie-in comic that was written by Sterling Gage. She appeared in, in some comics. So I don't know if you know, but Alex Danvers is in comic book form. So definitely, That's fantastic. I did not know this. <laughs> definitely, definitely pick up the Adventures of Supergirl uh, comic series because uh, Alex Danvers is in there. Um, but yeah. since since Alex was an original character for the show and it the show gave... Supergirl gave Kara a sister that she had not previously had in her entire history of the character. What do you think that Alex brings to the story of Supergirl? What do you, what do you think uh, that brings to Kara? I mean, I think the, the Danvers sister relationship is the heart of Supergirl. Um, that's what I feel so proud to represent. Uh, and so I think that Alex brings, um, brings something to fight for, um, for Supergirl specifically. I think that it, it brings her, for lack of better words, like back down to earth. Um, I think she grounds her a lot. And I think she, she just, she's, she's one half of the crux of, of the whole show. Um, and I, I don't know if that heart would be as present if Alex weren't there. 
All right, so let's get into the uh, actual episodes themselves that you appeared in. So your first appearance was in Midvale, which is a fan favorite episode of the series. Everybody loves, yeah, everybody yeah. loves Midvale. Um, so do, do you have any um, specific memories that stick out to you as memorable about your time on set, about uh, uh, playing the character? What, what stuck, uh, stood out to you about Midvale? Midvale was so special um, for so many reasons. I think one of the main reasons was was the fact that um, I was going through it with Bella. Um, and we just created a really tight bond while we were there. Um, and I think one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite moments was when we got to film the green screen. I had never done, I'm just going to hold my ears like this. Um, I had never <laughs> done green screen before. And so being able to go through a ridiculous, like you're, you're, you're in a harness and then you have to pull jeans over that harness, but you have to cut through the jeans so that the harness can attach um, <laughs> to the wires. So you're just like pancaked in mm-hmm. to this rig. And I was sandwiched into Bella, who was also pancaked in. So we were just like <laughs> sweaty messes the whole time, laughing so hard at, at just trying to, to figure out and orient ourselves. And the end product was so cool to see just the camera swooshing down and, and looking up and, and really feeling, even though I wasn't a superhero, understanding the superhero, um, the superhero experience was my favorite thing. And that was the last day that we filmed. So that was a really important part to me. Yeah. Alex got to fly a little bit, which was cool. Yeah. yeah. It was really cool. That, there's also a moment uh, that you have in that episode that's one of my favorite Alex moments because it's right where uh, Sheriff Collins thinks she, you know, he has Alex and uh, oh Alex is like, you know, uh, you know, I have somebody who's going to come for me. That kind of moment. And it's, it's, it's a really good uh, sister moment there. Okay, so the next time you came onto the show was actually the end of season four uh, in the episode uh, where Alex regains her memories in Red Dawn, which I believe was the penultimate episode of season four. We like to use the word penultimate. It sounds like a great word. Isn't it a fancy word? We love penultimate. You have to say it as much as you can. If you can throw it in, you got to throw it in. (laughs) I'm going to try to throw it in for the rest of this time. Please, please do. Uh, Thank you. We appreciate it. Reference penultimate as much as you can. Uh, But uh, there's a little moment in there where uh, uh, Alex, I guess, is trying to sort of coach uh, Kara had a clap and uh, yeah. there, there's, there's a little moment in there where they talk about college and everything. So uh, did you have any memories, uh, good memories of uh, that? It's a, it's a quick little scene, but uh, do you have any thoughts about yeah. that? I mean, that was, that was so in the penultimate episode, <laughs> um, that was any, any time we get asked back to Supergirl, it's always such a gift because um, we never know if, if, and when we're coming back. And it had been such a long time since that first episode. And this just came out of the blue where they said, we want you to come back for these little vignettes and this one beautiful scene. And, um, and I just, what I remember honestly is just feeling so happy to, to be back in Alex's shoes and in, in a really lighthearted scene, because that last episode was a lot of fighting and a lot of making up. And this one was just a beautiful little moment between the sisters and all of the moments in that episode were just, we just got to express our love for each other. And so that was really beautiful. 
can I ask you, uh, uh, well, I guess this isn't too controversial, but what, what did you think about uh, Alex losing her memories in season four? That was a big storyline uh, that they that she she does it to protect Kara. So what did I know you weren't part of that? Uh, it really, that was, that was more the, that was the adult <laughs> Alex. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I think I have such strong feelings about Alex, Alex's length to go protect her sister and, and vice versa. I hate that she had to forget her, but I, I think her sacrifices are so commendable. Um, and uh, it's painful for me to, to see her forget that huge part of her sister's life. Um, but that's why I was so happy that I got to represent all of the memories coming back. So I'm happy that I got to be part of that. Yeah, that was a. Uh, it, it was nice the way they did that in Red Dawn, where the the clap, yeah. the, sort of the super clap, sort of jolted something in Alex. So I think <laughs> exactly. it was good, a good way to do that. So I, I, I guess that sort of leads into my next question. As as sort of a recurring character, do you follow the show as it goes along, even when you're not in those episodes? Do you sort of keep up with the the storyline, and and so that if you do get come called back, right. you, you can just hop back in. <laughs> I mean, I think what, what happens, because I, I love the show so much, um, anytime that we do get called back, I use that as an excuse to just start watching the show again and being able to jump back into the world and say, okay, so where is she now? Why is this flashback important in this point in time? Um, Who is a part of her world? Like, what parallels can I draw from the past and the present? Um, it's homework, but it's also just fun to, to see where the character is. Yeah, that's not too bad of homework. You know, watching Supergirl. Not at all. You can handle it. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's great. So, so after that appearance in season four, you did come back in season five, and we do have a question from the chat. Uh, Claudia uh, says, uh, "Were you really surprised when the showrunners approached you to reprise your role as young Alex for Alex in Wonderland in season five? And how was the uh, set vibe in season five versus season three? Was there a difference in uh, seasons?" Um, this is a wonderful question. Um, I, I'm always surprised when they bring me back. I'm, I never expect to come back. So I'm, I'm always extremely grateful when they ask, when they ask me to to come back and even more so I was surprised that, that this episode was going to be with Kyler. I was freaked out because I, I had only met her very briefly in, in the makeup trailer once, I think when we were filming Midvale. Um, and so this time around, I actually got a chance to talk to her and get to know her and, and talk to all of the other um, main characters at the time. And I think that's, that was the main difference is that this time I was part of the present instead of the past. So I had to kind of reacclimate myself um, because every time I come back, I was so used to being with Bella. Um, but it was really special. It was really special to, to do that with her. Yeah, and and speaking of in in this most recent season, she, you got to get directed by Kyler. What was that experience like? I I did not find out that she was directing um, the second episode until I got to Vancouver. So I remember getting into the the van um, to go to set the first day for the first episode, and my driver was like. Yeah, so how excited are you for the second episode? And I was like, oh, I'm so excited. And she's like, yeah, Kyler is so excited to direct. And I said, hmm? <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> Say that again, please. 
Um, and then I immediately texted Bella. I was like, did you notice? And she was like, no. And so we both got to freak out about it. And um, Tyler was just the most gracious and, and warm um, and, and generous director I could ask for. It was truly a dream to be able to be directed by her and to, to kind of watch her from a distance step into this new role and, and see her kick ass. It was amazing. We were really excited because we were like, what a better, what better episodes (laughs) for her to direct than like, you know, young Danvers sister, sisters episodes, uh, which are always our favorites. It's amazing. Uh, Did she give you any input? I know you had studied Kyler previously, but did she give you any direction on maybe uh, something that Alex could do or the way you were standing? Uh, What what kind of direction did she give you? Because that that must be kind of, I don't know, was that awkward for you to have the the actress (laughs) who plays the older version of the character you play directing you? Is that is that a weird thing or did it was it helpful to you? I think I think it was it was really helpful because she never um, she never made it anything but an exciting experience. I think she was so passionate and is so passionate about the Danvers sisters story and about Supergirl. Um, and so and I, and I think everyone on set was so excited for her, too. So I just wanted to lend myself the best I could to this entire experience. Um, and she was just so specific with the notes that she gave um she would just pop in and say could you i think this is a really good moment for you to put your hands on your hips this is just a little nod to the future if you could just do that at that point i'd say yeah 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 i got it and then you know another scene i would just do it instinctually and she'd say oh my god that was amazing that was perfect we don't have to do anything else or she would just give little nuggets of information to let us know um where she thinks the story should go with the sisters and and it was really beautiful to be able to experience that with her. Um, and I hope we did her proud. Oh my gosh. I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't speak for anybody else, but there is a moment in the, the, I guess, sort of the fortress barn uh, where yeah, you, you, yeah. you did, you did do something yes. with your arms. And I was yeah. like, Oh, okay, that that really actually kind of tricked <laughs> yeah. me out a little bit. Cause there's, there's something about the, the sort of the movement of the, the jacket <laughs> It was just just like Kyler uh, as as the older Alex, so uh, so nailed it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I yeah, I, I think it's it's she she was just so good at at um, giving us these these hints so that we could come up with our own interpretation of the character, but still be truthful to where they end up. And even if it's just hands on hips, like uh, authority, that's so true to who Alex is. Um, it was just so fun to figure that out with her. We have another question from the chat that maybe we could get to really quickly. Uh, I, excuse me if I don't pronounce this name correctly, but uh, I think it's now uh, asks, what is your favorite moment of being Alex? Uh, hi from Mexico and Olivia, you nailed it with your uh, acting. So do you, <laughs> do you have a, we, we sort of talked about Alex Danvers saving herself with her pants, which is like <laughs> one of the best Alex Danvers moments. Incredible. Uh, classic. But do you have a favorite Alex Danvers moment? Um, separate from me, I think my favorite Alex moment of Kyler's is that episode when she comes out. I think it was the most beautiful and real, um, and important performance that, that she's done. And I, I just think it's so beautiful. Um, so I go back to that a lot, but, but with me acting as Alex, 
I think my favorite, it, it honestly goes back to the Midvale episode um, when Kara and Alex are sitting in the cafeteria and they're slowly becoming friends for the first time and deciding, you know, everyone else hates us, but at least we have each other. That was really the first, the first time that, that the role really felt lived in and I found my footing with her and I found their relationship and I found my relationship with Bella within that too, which was really special. Oh, I just kicked Olivia out because I pushed the oh. wrong button. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so so you have that moment as a as a favorite uh, Danvers sisters moment. But is there a, yeah. a moment uh, between the the adult Car and Alex uh, as as a Danvers sisters uh, moment? Do you have a favorite uh, scene of theirs? Oh my gosh, um, I. My favorite, I, I don't know why I always go back to moments when they're sitting on the couch, like eating dumplings or just <laughs> holding each other. Like it just, there's something about it that just feels so beautiful and, and so, um, so indicative of the relationship that Melissa and Kyler have created with each other. Um, it just makes me feel so good to see them being able to be sisters and not constantly saving each other's lives or someone else's life, but just being able to live and be there for each other, I think was, is really special. Yeah. We love those couch scenes on the, on the podcast. We talk about them all the time. Like, Oh, there's a couch scene or like they're ordering yeah. pot stickers or pizza or whatever. They're cheersing <laughs> their pizza. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's just so real. I love them. And uh, speaking of uh, their their family, I I, I don't want to get out of here without asking you about Helen Slater because she oh played played Supergirl. So do do you have any uh, good <laughs> memories of working with El- Helen? Helen is one of the sweetest, um, most generous people that that I've ever worked with. Um, I think when we met on Midvale, she was just so excited to tell the story with us and. Um, was just there to to kind of be a mom to us on set too, because we were both really young. I know Bella was 16 and I was 18 and it was my first time filming a job away from, uh, away from home. Um, and so she was just very gentle. Her energy is just like a, a weighted blanket, like, you know, one of those anxiety blankets. Time she <laughs> spoke to me, I was just like, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And so it's just, she was, she was just wonderful to work with um, and felt so motherly and she's freaking Supergirl. So it, it was so cool to be able to work with her. Yeah. Eliza and Alex's uh, relationship is very important. So I wanted to ask you about yeah. that. And also yeah. Helen Slater, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so I, I guess one of the things I kind of want to ask you about season six. Uh, so I, I don't know if you, since you sort of were sort of following the show, did you watch all of Crisis on Infinite Earths and all that? Did Were you aware that uh, things had changed about the universe? Did that ever <laughs> sort of uh, come into play when y'all were right. talking about things? Do you, do you think Alex's story changed post-crisis or did you just try to kind of focus on uh, what the script was doing? Um, I think for for my purpose, I wanted to not get too involved with what was happening in the future. I wanted to make sure that I understood where she was in life, just, you know, even like relationship wise or um, where she was in, in her 
self-confidence and, and her relationship with her sister. But when we did the when we do the flashbacks, I think it's really important for me to just map out what has happened from the last time I was there to this point. Because the future or the past isn't isn't um, changing that much except for Kenny Lee being alive and, and how that affects the all of the relationships with um, with her sister and, and her mom and her dad and, and all of this stuff. So I just want to honor the the past as much as I can to better serve the future. Yeah, because there was a lot of time, timey-wimey time travel stuff in there. You got to kind of... <laughs> I am so glad that I did not have Bella's role to, to travel back in time and try to figure out where I was in the episode. All I knew is, was I came in and I was confused. And that was all that Alex needed to do at that point. <laughs> it was good to me. You could just really go with it. You could be method with it. <laughs> could be very method. And I could just say, why are you wearing this? I genuinely don't know. <laughs> Well, and a lot of fans um, have been wanting to see maybe a Midvale spinoff series. Everybody's been uh, loving uh, you and Bella as as the young Car and Alex. So, if there was a chance, let's say the CW heard our our pleas for a, a spinoff, <laughs> what would you want to explore with young Alex? If you could keep that going, where would you want to take her? Oh man, I mean. I think the jump between young Alex and adult Alex is there, there's so much to explore between that. And I know when we first meet Alex um, at the beginning of the series, um, you've seen that she's kind of gone off the deep end a little bit at certain points and has to find her way back to herself. So I would really just love to explore how and why that happened and um, her struggles with her sexuality um, are really important for me to to dive into um, her relationship with herself and her body, and obviously her continuing relationship with Kara. I think those are all really, really wonderful things to unpack. So I would just like to to see her continue to come into herself. Yeah, I think um, I think you would have a lot to do because we've had a we've had a listener who's actually in the sciences explain to us how improbable um, Alex's credentials are, like how much <laughs> stuff she's gotten done in the amount of time. It's yeah, like yeah. it's like she went through a like a bad girl phase, but also she got like a PhD. <laughs> she's working at the DEO. She's like in her early twenties. No. I would love to figure this out with her. So that would be great. <laughs> so we could, we could we could get you in there to kind of straighten out that timeline. How did it all happen? I would love to iron any of that out for you. That is <laughs> Maybe that you have like a amazing. Harry Potter style time turner, maybe that's involved. Exactly. <laughs> Just to get all of the work done in a timely fashion to get to the CEO. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we actually had a question come in from Twitter um that uh is kind of on that the idea of the Midvale spinoff like if there was a Midvale spinoff would you want to see Alex's coming out story happen at a younger age um instead of where oh, it originally man. happened or in her or do you think it would change Alex too much I feel like that's that's one that I've talked about with with other people too where they talk about the Midvale the idea and be like would we want to see her you know that storyline yeah. kind of come later because crisis makes everything possible now <laughs> crisis does make everything possible i i think i i can think about it in two ways right you know if if we keep it with um alex coming out as an adult then we have so much time to see her 
trial and error in very small ways. Um, I think there's so much inner turmoil that happens with not understanding your sexuality, not understanding anything about yourself. I think there, there's, there's so much to explore with that. So I would be completely fine with not having a coming out story and, and honoring where it is in her timeline. But if we decided to have a coming out story earlier because of all of the, the time changes, um, I think that would be really powerful too, because especially in this day and age, um, I think the topic of sexuality is just so much more fluid and so much more open. And it would be really interesting to see her try to figure that out, you know, whenever, whenever they decide to have it in the timeline, I think um, it would be a beautiful way to honor it as well. So we've talked about uh, sort of the young side of Alex. And so this this is going to be a big question. And Isabella had a fair oh. response to I, I asked the same question uh, to her as well. Yeah. Uh, she gave a, a beautiful answer about letting Melissa mostly take, uh, take it. So I, <laughs> I imagine you want Kyler to answer this for the most part. But it, uh, since you are so connected to the character of Alex Danvers, what do you hope for her for the character by the time the show ends? I think what I would love for Alex, um, and I'm obviously also using Bella's answer and saying, please, Tyler, take the lead on this. Um, I think what I would love the most for her, because she's she's constantly sacrificing so much of her life, and I think that's that's so um, just just so valuable to her character and so indicative of, of who she is, but I would really love to see her go on her own journeys and her own adventures and, and trust herself enough to leave the relationships that she has at home, um, trusting that they'll still be there and seeing what else she can discover about herself in the future. So whatever that means, I think I'd just like to see her continuously become whomever she's meant to be. Okay, I have two questions, and then we need to. Or w- would you be willing to play a little snap judgments with us? <laughs> I would love nothing more than to do that. Okay, yes. all right. Two two quick questions, and then we'll get to that because uh, we want to honor your time. Uh, but I, I didn't ask you earlier, and I, I try to remember to ask this of everybody who comes on Supergirl Radio. Uh, was was the TV show the first time you encountered the character of Supergirl in general, or had you known about Supergirl before you went to audition? Um, the TV show was the first the first I ever encountered Supergirl and it was a wonderful introduction. That's um, once, Yeah. It's amazing. Once, once I knew uh, about the show, then I looked back into the history of it, but that this was my first step into the world. That's cool. That's cool to know that the, the TV show is bringing new Supergirl fans in. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to uh, get your answer on that. And uh, just to kind of close out our talk about Alex, what does the, you know, playing the character of Alex Danvers, uh, in the young Alex, I guess I should specify what 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 uh, what, what has um, what does it mean to you to to play Alex? It means so much to me. Um, I think honoring um, any any journey of a young woman's that is her trying to figure herself out and also trying to take care of her family um, and be responsible. It's just so impressive to um, to have a, a character like this, a character like a young woman like this written. Um, and so to be able to, to play such a smart, no BS 
girl who's also still struggling with so many parts of herself. She's she's just so complex and and has so many layers to her. And I, I it's just so special to be able to um, portray all of that and continue to grow with her as a young woman myself. You know. Well, we certainly have enjoyed uh, your portrayal of Alex. So uh, thank you for what you bring to the character. All right. Well, if it's okay with you, uh, we'll, we'll play a little snap judgments and uh, we'll, we'll have an intro video that will sort of explain the rules. Not very difficult, uh, but we'll explain the rules and then we'll come back and uh, we'll make some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, so our first snap judgment is, would you rather be able to do calculus at age four, like Kara, or remember historical facts like Alex? Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, I would love to do calculus, but I think I'm going to say historical facts. Nice. I have a very bad memory when it comes to history, and I would love to not have that problem. (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) Wanted to get your input on that since we asked Belle the same question. Uh, I'm still still going with calculus because I'm I'm very bad at math. I feel like I'm going to change my, I think I went oh. with calculus before, but I'm going to, I'm going to wild card it because <laughs> I, I do a pod, an, a podcast called legends of tomorrow where they do a lot of historical facts, which a lot of the times I know nothing about. And it would be nice to not have to always just read straight from a Wikipedia page, or like hi- history.com history.com <laughs> history.com is a solid website. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, okay. agree. Um, our next uh, snap judgment is which villain was the worst, Naxum Torque or Sheriff Collins? Oh, I think Sheriff Collins. <laughs> Sheriff Collins, in my opinion, is, I mean, Kenny. 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 Do that. No, <laughs> Sheriff Collins can go. He can leave. <laughs> I don't need him anymore. <laughs> I have he, such a such a distaste of of Sheriff Collins. He killed Kenny. He tried to uh, kidnap and kill Alex. He was he was a know, bad who guy. Who's gonna point a gun at me? <laughs> yeah, no. how dare they? <laughs> You're a delight. <laughs> um, um, so our last snap judgment is the, now. This one is a tough one. Which Alex okay. Danvers moment is more awesome? Oh, <laughs> Not boy. drowning because she used her pants as a flotation device or jumping backwards off the DEO balcony, trusting that Supergirl is going to save her. Both power I'm, moves. <laughs> badass moves. Uh, uh, oh, oh, I think I'm going to say pants because uh, who, who would think of that? is my thing. Who would come up with that? I certainly would never. And <laughs> of the building is obviously insane and so cool, but I think I have to go with pants on, the, on this one. Well, I think that's where all that science that she studied came into play. It finally paid off. <laughs> Absolutely paid off. I would love to have some of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to go with pants too, because I still reference it like five <laughs> 
<laughs> four years later. I'm like, remember that time she saved herself with her own pan? That was so cool. <laughs> I'm going to disagree with both of you. I'm going to say jumping backwards Twist. off the balcony, shooting a gun at the same time. I mean, when I'm you sorry, have a gun in there. It's, it's I too that's That's it's, true. <laughs> There's just too many cool scary. Alex moments, I think, is the problem. There are way too many. I don't know what we're going to do about it. <laughs> we can we could talk about awesome Alex moments uh, all night because uh, there's Fantastic. just there's too many of them. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for Snap Judgments. So we'll we'll wrap up Snap Judgments and then uh, we'll uh, say goodbye to Olivia and uh, see what she's up to next. And so if you'll hang out with us for just a second and we'll be right back. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. I think that is going to do it for our time with Olivia Nikonen. Did I say that right? I want to make sure. You said it beautifully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I always want to make sure I say uh, names correctly. Um, so, so thank you. For- uh, I was going to oh, say, sorry. Olivia, we've had a couple of questions in the chat about The Society, the show that you're on on oh. Netflix. <laughs> do you yeah. know Do you know if there's like any plans for another home? Or are you, how, how <laughs> optimistic are you about it? I mean, uh, firstly, I, I am so grateful for all the love that Society got. Um, the fans were so amazing um and to be a part of not only the supergirl fandom but also the society fandom is is just a dream come true um that being said i have absolutely no idea what is happening with the plans of this show as much as i love it and as much as i want the story to be told as of right now it probably is not going to happen um but but there's always hope somewhere i hope in the future is there Sorry. Um, is, yeah. is there is there anything uh, that people should be uh, looking out for with you uh, that, that you're looking to do next? Uh, what, what's coming up for you? Um, right now, my, my brother and I are actually about to go into production on a short film together. So that's going to be out Ooh. sometime, hopefully this year, next year. We're going to film it in, in about a week. So that's going to be really exciting. That's really um, cool. Yeah. Are you are you acting in it or are you do you have another mm-hmm. role? I, I wrote it with him and I'm also starring in it. So that's awesome. really beautiful. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. Oh, that's cool. What, it, what is it about? If you don't like, if you can give us like a little. No, pitch. no, that's fine. <laughs> it's, um, the, the, the short tagline is it's um, about two estranged siblings who are meeting in a diner um, dealing with their shared grief after their mother passes away and, um, and how they heal their, their own trauma together. And, and finding catharsis and connection. That sounds really cool. That sounds really good. Thank well, you. And uh, is the best way to keep up with you on your social media accounts? Is there is there yes. a best way to? Um, on my Instagram is probably where I am um, most active. Um, at Olivia Nickman is is what the name is. So that's where you can find me. Yeah, and if uh, if you're following with us uh, on this live stream, you can click on that link in the video description. We'll put that in the audio podcast show notes as well, so you can follow Olivia and see what she's up to. Well, Olivia, thank you so much for spending some time with us uh, for this episode of Supergirl Radio and helping us uh, sort of document your adventures. Uh, <laughs> we really appreciate your time, but also for your contribution to the Supergirl mythology. You, you're now part of uh, Supergirl's history, so thank you for uh, contributing to it. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that I could join you guys. And thank you for all the wonderful things that you said. Well, uh, it, it's all true. 
Well-deserved, yes. Well-deserved and true. All right. Well, Olivia, we'll say goodbye to you. And then uh, if you uh, are watching and you want to get into some news with Supergirl Radio, we're going to be digging into that. Uh, So hang in there with us. uh, But we'll say goodbye to Olivia now. And uh, we're going to get to some plugs. If you'd like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio, Superman and Lois Radio, The Flash Podcast, and Legends of Tomorrow Podcast, Backlight, and Podcast Bad Woman Podcast 2, and Titans and Doom Patrol Podcast just for you, Justice League Dark Podcast, Green Lantern Podcast, Star Girl Podcast, Strange Adventures Podcast, and finally my favorite on Bunch DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say I got to get back in touch with Madeline and see if she'll uh, maybe come on Supergirl Radio and do a, a live Ooh. performance. <laughs> I, I, wonder, I, I wonder if uh, uh, Madeline will teach me uh, something. Maybe maybe I can play a little ukulele with uh, Madeline. Oh. <laughs> that, that would be fun. We're going uh, to have to get like a, an instrument for me to play like a triangle or <laughs> a little tambourine or something. I'll just like shaker. drum on the desk. I'll be like... <laughs> <laughs> we can really be live and wired then. Uh, well, yeah. So if you want to go over to the T Public Store, we've got some stuff over there. Since we talked to Alex, I figure we should, uh, you know, talk about the Alex Danvers merch that we have in the T Public Store. So if you are interested in getting some cool Alex, uh, I don't want to say swag because swag means stuff we all get. Well, not everybody, <laughs> you know, we're not giving this out, uh, even though I wish we could. Uh, but this is Alex merch. Uh, we have a bunch of designs, mugs, uh, T-shirts, sweatshirts, all that kind of stuff. So if you need some Alex stuffs to to show your Alex love, uh, the DCTV podcast, a tea public store has some cool things in there. And uh, Morgan, we have some news. Uh, let me get down to the uh, news section so I can look at it. So uh, I guess we need to get to the news. So let's talk about a few news items that we need to get to. Uh, so the first one is on June 17th, the Hollywood uh, the Hollywood Walk of Fame announced its class of 2022, which included Supergirl and Arrowverse, b- because he's basically on every DC TV show known to man. Executive producer Greg Berlanti, he's going to get a star. Ah. In a press release, the organization wrote, quote, a new group of entertainment professionals in the categories of motion pictures, television, live theater, slash 
live performance, radio, recording, and the newest category of sports entertainment have been selected to receive stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame by the Walk of Fame selection panel of the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. These honorees were chosen from among hundreds of nominations to the committee, unquote. Congratulations to Greg Berlanti. That's a, that's a big deal out there in uh, Hollywood land. And um, so uh, well-deserved, I think. Uh, Good job, Greg Berlanti. Can I tell you, if I ever had my uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, I would be, uh, you wouldn't be able to be friends with me anymore. I would be, (laughs) (laughs) I would be like, did you see my star? Just like, just visiting my star all the time, like, like taking pictures, like kind of next to my star with like my, my, my hand under my chin, like, Oh, what this whole thing. <laughs> I imagine Morgan with those. Cause I have some glasses, like some big sunglasses, like those really big ones that go yes. all like, just, I, and I'd I would, be like, a, like I would a, stand right next to my star and I'd have the big sunglasses and I'd have like a hat and I'd, pl- I'd, I'd just yell, please no photos. <laughs> <laughs> See, I imagine, Imagine you as sort of a, a Jenna Maroney type who would be like wanting people to, to, take, to take photos with you. I would, I, as I would point down at the star, I would yell, no photos, please, please. <laughs> Morgan would be uh, just obnoxious if she had that. Rebecca walk. would just like start like blocking my calls. <laughs> I, can't, I can't with her anymore. That star changed her. That's what she'd say. <laughs> but good for Greg Berlanti for not letting that that get to his head <laughs> or has he or has we'll it. find out soon <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he's 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 executive produced a lot of shows not even just in the uh, the dc world but he's he's done a lot of television work listen i still have affection for him forever would um forever <laughs> uh, but forever would the television show because that was a that was a classic that was a classic show yeah, so congrats to Greg Berlanti, a star well-deserved, and uh, we'll have to, next time we go to L.A., we'll have to take an obnoxious like- picture <laughs> star. Um, okay, in a tweet from June 15th, uh, Superman and Lois writer, uh, known as at Bitter Script Reader uh, on Twitter, mentioned that Kara was off-limits to the show. So um, somebody asked the uh, Bitter Script Reader on Twitter, said um, this was from at Super underscore Clownery, solid Twitter name. Love um, it. <laughs> love it, live it. Uh, <laughs> no- <laughs> Uh, not trying to be rude, but I'm generally curious. Batwoman mentioned Carr this season. The Flash mentioned Smallville, and I'm pretty sure Black Lightning mentioned The Flash. There wasn't a way to name drop Carr or anyone else without spoiling. So Bitterscript Reader replied, uh, we didn't know the other shows were doing that. Since Carr was off limits to us, Mm. we didn't really have any reason to mention her. I fear if we did, we'd have a different set of fans mad at us for teasing a team up we couldn't do. So interesting. Is it just me or do, do do you wish that they would just come out and say, we don't want to acknowledge the character of super <laughs> like, I wish they would just say it and then it would just be over. I feel so. I feel like based on that response, like they, they had a conversation at one point where they were like, if we mention car, people are going to want there to be a crossover, but we can't do a crossover this year. So what if we just pretend like she doesn't exist in this universe? We're just going to erase her entirely. We don't want people to think we're doing a crossover. And it's like, 
that's not what anyone wants. <laughs> you could just say a crossover is not happening this year and then acknowledge that she exists in your Superman show since she is Supergirl. The very least they could do is show her boots. <laughs> that that honestly, that's all I want. That's all I <laughs> that's all I want. There should just be a pair of supergirl boots that fly by at some point. Uh, maybe she's unconscious somewhere. Maybe she's, she's on, on a, a, a like a med a medical table. I'd be okay but, with that. But maybe the camera never ever pans up, and <laughs> and that's okay. So listen, Supergirl fans, we don't we not only expect that we kind of want it. So you're you're fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to change this background just because uh, we went from a three shot to a two shot. Uh, <laughs> Got to be real particular. Um, yeah, so I. I don't know. I S Superman and Lois has been great. I mean, honestly, it's a it's been a, a really good show. I just the Supergirl aspect of it is kind of driving me nuts a little bit. I definitely, Morgan, want you to catch up on the season because some wacky stuff, some shenanigans have happened that I really want your take on. So at some I, point, so we so need we need to get back to that. We have a comment in here. That says in episode uh, 11, Morgan Edge's evil dad seemed like he was about to mention her and then stopped himself. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and uh, watch that. I didn't catch that. So I'll have to go back and look directly for I that. Know. But I have to. I, clearly, I have to catch up. Whenever Rebecca is like, stuff is happening, I know that stuff <laughs> is happening. And I honestly have to see if my take on Lana Lang in like the pilot that she was like just like teetering on the edge of a real housewife kind <laughs> of uh, debacle is like, is she, is she wearing more animal prints? Is there fur collars? Does she just start walking around with a martini at some point during the season? <laughs> That's what I that's what I want for her. That's what I wish for her, you know. Like I, I hope she dances. Like I hope she just starts <laughs> like carrying around like a, a flask, but like it has her own face on it. Like it's like <laughs> it's her lifestyle brand she's trying to launch. And she's like, it's called I call it Lana exclamation <laughs> yeah. point. <laughs> there is something very specific that happens to Lana <laughs> in one of these episodes towards uh, I guess it's after the mid of the season i forget which episodes which episode it's in it lasts for an episode but i just there's a morgan glennon perspective that i really want <laughs> to have during that episode uh, specifically so, I feel I feel like what we're gonna have to do is I'm gonna have to catch up and we're gonna have to do like a special a special report yes. a superman and lois special report <laughs> I want that episode. So I, I need your perspective on Superman alone. So please, I don't want to assign you homework, even though I do all the time. But <laughs> I, I really, I, I need that perspective because I really, and when I'm watching it, I'm like, Oh, what would Morgan think about this? I need to know. <laughs> so uh, Superman and Lois has a, a lot of uh, kooky things that have happened. So uh, it, whenever you have time, you know, just want to it's on the list. Just, I, you, I, I continued to DVR it. My DVR has just continued to pile up <laughs> and Lois episodes. So I'm ready at any time now. I just think when you get to that Lana moment, I think you'll know. I think <laughs> you'll you'll see that episode and you're, you're going to be like, I think this is the episode Rebecca was talking about. So I just, I can't wait for you to get there. <laughs> I'm, ex I'm excited. I'm excited. I don't want to hype it up too much, but it just... 
I can't wait. I can't wait until uh, Lana launches her own line of like skinny girl margaritas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a missed opportunity. Um, Okay. Well, uh, this, this last bit of news is more so uh, Supergirl radio uh, centric and maybe not something that other Supergirl podcasts would cover. But this is something that's really. But this is the hard hitting news that we're not we're not afraid to take on. Okay, we're not afraid to take on the tough, controversial topics. Rebecca, let's get into this news. (laughs) (laughs) So, in our last bit of news, according to Deadline.com, quote: Judith Light will star as Blanche. I think Knopf. Uh, co-founder of the Knopf Publishing House. Knopf, who was married to publishing giant Alfred A. Knopf, is widely credited with bringing in Childs, uh, I guess Julia Childs, uh, hugely successful uh, mastering the art of French cooking book. Uh, Knopf worked with a swath of top writers during her career, including Sigmund Freud, Albert Camus, John Updike, and Raymond Chandler, as well as Julia Child, HBO uh, Max, HBO Max picked up two series, Julia, in January after ordering a pilot. The eight-episode series uh, sees Happy Valley star Sarah Lancaster play Child with David Hyde Pierce as her husband, uh, Paul. The series is currently in production, unquote. So I I, I thought we should really address this uh, because I have a sense that maybe we're not going to get Judas Light in the final season of Supergirl, and I'm a little heartbroken about it. I Listen... I, I love and light to Judith Light. Uh, <laughs> this seems like a great opportunity. She's going to kill this part. I know it because she kills everything because we yeah. damed her. Do you remember? We, we damed did, her. We, did dame we, her. we have previously damed Judith Light. So I know that she's going <laughs> to she's gonna really take on this role and make it her own. But for us here at Supergirl Radio, there is a sadness to this news. <laughs> Because it means that she will probably not be available for the guest star that we all want and may need, I think, <laughs> going into the, the last stretch of episodes in Supergirl. We've asked for so many things during this podcast. What is a little thing like bringing on Dame Judith Light just for us? There were so many uh, potential opportunities uh, for uh, a guest cameo, but I don't think we're going to get it. Uh, it doesn't so seem likely. <laughs> it's a little disappointing, but good for Judith Light. She's uh, she's getting she's on HBO Max. So staying stay in the Max family. We hear are Maxinistas. That's we, what we call ourselves. <laughs> Do we? We we just we just named ourselves Maxinistas. Yes. I'm trying to make it happen. I'm 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 I've never worked for anything harder in my life than I have for for some sort of promotion from HBO Max. Like, <laughs> imagine how hard we'd work if you paid us. <laughs> and maybe we just need to uh, put together an HBO Max reel. And just We're just going to do like a clip of all of our promotion <laughs> and then send it to HBO Max. Just tag him on Twitter. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so we're not going to get Ju- Judas Light, probably. Although, I don't know. They're still, I think they're still shooting the last couple of episodes. I mean, there is, where there is a will is all I'm saying is that there is a way. <laughs> I'm giving up complete hope. But uh, this uh, commitment to this other TV show seems to, uh, to really... Uh, 
uh, nail that in, uh, I guess, the coffin, as they say. So, um, <laughs> you know what? Good for Judith. Good, good for Dame Judith Light. I also love that you found, like, you found this news because, like, a part of me wants to think that you have like a Google News alert for Judith Light. <laughs> <laughs> just in case, what you is never Judith Light know. doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just came over the, uh, the 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 old Twitter timeline. I was like, oh. Judith Light oh. News, like I, I got kind of excited when I saw it. I was like, oh, oh, no, it's not it's, Supergirl. It doesn't have anything to do with Supergirl. Uh, but yeah, so we uh, we just wanted to mention that for everybody who was really needing the, the Judith Light update. <laughs> I know we have a lot of Judith Light super fans on this podcast as well as ourselves. <laughs> so we just like to give the occasional update on what she's up to. <laughs> <laughs> the other the other supergirl podcast they don't have the judith light segments do we, they? The, the judith light content is exclusive <laughs> to supergirl radio <laughs> uh, <laughs> hmm. uh we do have a, a quite or a quick question uh here i guess uh that's not related to judith light <laughs> but i guess we could cover it um, although, wouldn't it be great if Judith Light was a part of Batwoman? I wish. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Donna asks, after Batwoman's uh, finale, uh, do you uh, ladies think we might get a Wallace Day Kate Kane cameo before the finale of Supergirl? That's a good question. What do you think, Morgan? It's a good question. I get the impression the answer is no, but... Uh, because I just feel like they kind of have Supergirl off in their own sort of speed. It feels like all the shows are very, were very, like, because of COVID, kind of off in their own spheres this season. Um, and I think next season, unfortunately for Supergirl, I think that there'll be a crossover again and they'll have some overlap with the shows. Um, I think this season it's probably not looking good. I could be wrong though. I've been wrong before. I was wrong about Judith Light finally coming <laughs> on the show. <laughs> That's still so upsetting. I, I don't want to go back to that, but it's, it's just upsetting. Uh, Cause we're not going to get that Dallas bingo. No, uh, we, we, we're so we, close. We had so many characters already. Why did, why couldn't we just go the extra mile? Um, I think in terms of this is a good question, though, I think from Donna, because I I don't want to put too, too many expectations on the end of the show, like the final season, because I just want to see what they do with it. But I do wish that they would be able to honor some of those relationships even a little bit like. Kara's friendship with Barry or Kara's friendship with Kate. Those were big, important. I mean, those were friendships she had outside of the show, which I always thought was really important because, you know, Kara was always interacting with the same group of people, which is fine. But it was kind of refreshing for her to have these friends in these other cities and these other superhero friends. And uh, so that was always a lot of fun for me. And I, I liked her dynamic uh, with Kate, uh, even, though, uh, even though it was played by Ruby Rose then. Um, I would love to see that honored in some way, even if it's just like an off-screen mention or, you know, some little headline and some sort of cat co article she writes or, you know, something to honor those, those dynamics would be nice. Yeah. I, I would love to, uh, to see Barry specifically or Kate in the kind of just drop by um, for a second before the, the Supergirl ends to kind of, yeah, to honor those relationships, especially I think those are the two biggest relationships for, for Kara uh, is, is definitely Barry. And then, and then that sort of friendship that she was establishing with Kate Kane, it would be great to, uh, it would be great to see, to see them stop by before the, you know, before the show ends. But 
I don't know. I don't, I hope that COVID didn't sort of ruin that um, for us, but I kind of suspect it maybe, maybe has. The only other relationship would be uh, with Superman, but we know that's not going to happen. <laughs> so not, come, come on, come now, come now. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, so we're not going to put our hopes on that, but maybe we could get something with, you know, Barry and Kate, but I don't know. I don't want to put any expectations on the final episodes of the season, but it, I just think it would be a nice gesture if they if they did honor those relationships somehow. All right. Well, uh, let's get to, to wrapping up this live stream. We want to thank our legion of super sponsors, our Patreon supporters, uh, Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Grout, Yvonne, Quinn, Je- uh, Jessica, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Cherie, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, Deb, Susan, Naomi, and V Brewster. Thank you all for supporting the podcast and uh, kind of keeping the lights on around here. Uh, we do have a couple of monthly uh, membership le- uh, levels. If you would like to get some exclusive bonus Supergirl radio material, uh, you get your regular free uh, Supergirl radio uh, shenanigans every week. But the uh, Patreon is just a little bit extra. If you want something uh, from uh, Morgan and me, you can go to patreon.com slash Supergirl radio. And we definitely appreciate everybody's support. Yeah. And um, as a reminder, we're still running our flat Supergirl photography contest because that runs until the end of Supergirl. And that is still kind of TBD, (laughs) question mark, question mark. So you have some time, but not an infinite amount of time, but we don't know how much time. So, So you can still enter the contest. And to do that, you just download and print flat Supergirl, um, the image of her. You can find that image in the video description of this live stream uh, in the show notes of the audio podcast or on the right side of supergirlradio.com. And then you just cut out Supergirl and you attach her to a popsicle stick or a pen or a pencil. And then you just take Supergirl with you on your personal journeys, emotional and physical and take a selfie um or just take a picture of her out in the world maybe you don't want to be involved in supergirl's journey at all maybe it's like no no supergirl you do you but you (laughs) need to take a picture because that's kind of the whole point but (laughs) so take supergirl somewhere fun and take a picture and then post that picture to twitter instagram or facebook and make sure you tag at supergirl radio and use the hashtag supergirl adventures and then like we just want to see what she gets up to like out there does she come alive like the the toys and toy stories (laughs) i feel like she definitely does like you're gonna want to watch out like when you pack her if you're going on like a little vacation pack her but pack her gentle okay because she might burst free (laughs) she's been known to do that through elevators so (laughs) yeah so we've we've gotten some good submissions uh here recently uh so we've we've had some people take uh their their super girls with them places so uh, that's definitely something that I'm going to have to consider doing, uh, uh, the, for the 4th of July, I think for the, the 4th oh, of July yeah. here in the United States, that might be a good flat Supergirl opportunity for, you know, if, barbecues if or if you're in Canada, Canada days right around the corner. True. Supergirl loves Canada. <laughs> <laughs> celebrate the holidays. Have a Supergirl, uh, you know, flat Supergirl celebrate the holiday with you. 
uh, I think that's a, that's a good opportunity. I'm gonna have to do that myself. Uh, so we'll have to check in with uh, Flat Supergirl and see what she did over the holiday weekend. See, see what, see what see, kind of stuff see she what shenanigans she got up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if you want to keep up with me, you can follow me at the Derby Kid. That's uh, I'll probably be posting some pictures of my shenanigans uh, coming up over there. If you want to follow me there, uh, you can also subscribe to my personal YouTube channel at YouTube.com/slash/DuckMilkPride. You su- you should subscribe to that YouTube channel. And you should, you, you should subscribe, subscribe, (laughs) lots of S's there to the DCTV podcast YouTube channel. If you're not already subscribed, it's a great way to keep up with us. Uh, But specifically for my personal YouTube channel, I am doing live streams every Sunday, except for this week, because it's a holiday weekend. But uh, every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I'll be reading some Rotten Tomatoes, uh, negative reviews of Batman v Superman, because... I guess I don't like myself. Uh, I guess is the thing. Um, You're like, what's the thing I would really not enjoy doing? And like, let me commit to it really hard for a long period of time. <laughs> so I'll be doing that for almost a year. Oh God, uh, <laughs> Rebecca, should we talk about this? I have issues. No, um, I uh, I'll be uh, kind of going through those reviews because it is it is eye opening when you actually read these things uh, to see what the commonalities are. See what you know. Did did anyone have a, a different point of view than these people? Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, I I think so anyway. So uh, if you're interested in that, you can come hang out with me on my personal YouTube channel and uh, and we can read those reviews uh, together. It's actually I, I'm sort of playing it up as sort of a negative experience but it's actually pretty fun and i'm learning a lot about uh what i think about uh reviewing things and how i can be a better reviewer and uh consumer of media and uh and and film so uh so i think it's a very beneficial to everybody involved uh specifically myself so if you want to come and hang out with me you can uh come over to the uh death melt pride youtube channel on sundays at 4 p.m eastern very cool. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me on uh, DCTV After Dark. Um, and then you can find me as a co-host on the <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow podcast, um, where we are talking all kinds of historical. I had to look something up on Wikipedia and basically just read off the Wikipedia page. But now I know things about the Wild West because oh. the, last, the last episode of Legends happened in the Wild West. Um, and so I found out about a, char- uh, a character, a real life person named Bass Reeves. Uh, fun fact, Rebecca, did you know that in the episode of Legends of Tomorrow that included Bass Reeves, it was uh, it was the actor who played Diggle. He played Bass Reeves. He just put on a, a giant mustache. The mustache was not <laughs> was not what I would call fully adhered to his face. And he was like, good enough. <laughs> and so nobody thought he looked like Diggle. Did it was a mention of it. It was an amazing choice. There's so <laughs> I don't want to give away Legends of Tomorrow, but uh, but Sarah turns at one point and looks over and goes dig, and he's like, yeah, I dig. And I, <laughs> and I was like, this is maybe the best dialogue of anything I've ever seen. But also I was like, I don't even think that that was like a Western colloquialism. Like, oh, can you dig it? Like, that's not a thing that would be. They, they, they would have thought about actual digging yeah. back then. 
<laughs> it was really funny. And wow. then it was, it was never mentioned again. Uh, it was incredible. I believe, uh, I think David Ramsey actually directed that episode. And so I guess when they were coming down to casting, he was like, oh, dude, I can do it. Give, just give me that mustache. And they slapped, I imagine he slapped it on his face and they said, oh, it's not like completely on. He's like, that's good enough. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I really want you, you I, I need you to look up just the clips, just to see the mustache. You know how we talk about like Wiggy or working it? It was the wiggiest mustache I've ever seen in my, <laughs> life, in my life. It looked like a dollar store mustache. I don't normally uh, watch the show. I just listen to the podcast. But for this specifically, <laughs> I might need a visual aid. You, you might need that. to just look up. You have to see it in motion, too. Just get in motion <laughs> to really understand how poorly adhered it was to his face um but yeah we actually so cat is on a uh, vacation we granted her vacation time oh good we that's very proper, generous proper hr channels we gave her <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so we actually have og rachel from um the batwoman podcast she joined us this week to talk all things legend so that's fun if you're a batwoman podcast listener and you love that podcast we stole one of your hosts so you should come over and visit <laughs> us and see what she was up to on uh, on legends we had a good time talking about the episode it's a dc tv podcast crossover i like it exactly a crossover event you know we don't get them on this show anymore but the podcast still does it <laughs> <laughs> well that is very cool i'm gonna definitely be listening out for that because you know i'm a big fan of the podcast and everybody involved so definitely have to check that out well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of a Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And as young Alex reminds us, in the real world, we, st we still have people who love us and who want to help us make the changes we can. The CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like that? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.